Hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online is news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Now, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 72. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Connect with innovations, what they say. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Thank you, mate. Welcome. Welcome, Trevor. How are you going? Mate, I'm very well. We're once again in the Tech Guide headquarters, which is where <laughs> you churn out all the great content for uh, the website techguide.com.au and your own podcast, Tech Guide Podcast. So That's you can right. get that now at techguide.com.au and at iTunes. Whole stack to talk about this week, episode 72, and let's get straight into it. <laughs> rare things happened last night. You and I were in the same room yes. outside of the, the odd it's, recording that we do it's together. It's a solid event when they get us there together. Exactly. Trevor. You know you know, an, a product launch or an event is good when we're both there. When I mean, the two blokes are in attendance, they know they've won the lotto. That's there. essentially what tech companies <laughs> strive for when they sit down and have brainstorms about how this event's going to go. How can we get the two blokes in the same room? Exactly. So last night we were, uh, were a little studio, um, a photography studio or somebody thing. But anyway, it was Garmin event yep. for the Garmin Connect Challenge. And... A little sneak product launch at the end. It was very weird. It was good. It was kind of like we were just talking about this Garmin Connect Challenge, and then suddenly under a white sheet was revealed this uh, <laughs> this new device. So we'll quickly talk about the Garmin Connect Challenge first. It's an interesting little thing because I can't really tell you what it is. It's it's just a series of webisodes, television-style little, little, little titbits webisodes where two blokes called Kaz and Jonesy and they call themselves professional adventurers. Mm-hmm. I, I love that title. Full stop. That's the best That's, thing about Imagine it. being able to write that on your landing card when you're coming into the US. Yeah. So, uh, occupation? Adventurer. Oh, yeah. Adventurer. Cool. Professional adventurer. <laughs> and I did. I talked to Kaz about it. You know, it's because, you know, one of them was a, was an accountant. The other one, I can't remember what. But essentially, they've given away their careers. And they now yep. do. They, they, they paddle on, a, on a, um, a specifically made kayak from Australia to New Zealand. Oh, they're crazy. And they've now trekked across uh, Antarctica from uh, the, the Australian base all the way to the south pole and then back first people to do that unassisted yep. and and basically they do all that with the help of the garmin products you know gps locators and all that kind of stuff yep. it's, it's pretty spectacular it's uh, actually their names are james castrison and justin jones Cass has and jonesy. Cass and jonesy but uh, so what, what they did yeah. with with uh, the garmin folk was they went right here let's do a little challenge here let's do a run bike uh, a kayak I don't Cycles, know, cycle cycling, and, and something else. They were driving Drive, too. They yeah. were driving as and well. And they were doing it all with the help of Garmin devices. That's so right. there's so many things. Uh, there's this car navigator. There's the watches. There's the there's communicators. I didn't even know this. There's two way yep. radios you can yep. get. And essentially, it's a series of, of YouTube videos that you'll be able to see at Garmin.com.au. Was there six of them? Five of them, I think there, there was. was six, but, there was five sections. And they, they went the opposite. The, the, the course was that they they both started at opposite ends of this long course, and yep. then they then they eventually met halfway yep. and then had to do the other the other exactly. leg. So one of them was riding while another one was running, and one was kayaking while the other person was in the car, whatever. And, so and, and look, yeah. essentially, if you're into the outdoors and in any way, shape, or form in terms of any sort of physical activity in the outdoors, whether it's kayaking, high hiking, uh, bushwalking, those kind of things. This is really cool because you'll kind of get a sense of some of the cool things that Garmin products can do. And that's 
essentially it was a good demo though it was, it was a, a good demo. They're, they're perfect people to have to showcase this kind of and product because they, yeah. they were talking about their trek to uh, Antarctica which yep. that was the first unassisted unsupported walk to the South Pole from the coast of Antarctica and yep. back yeah, some yeah. 2,270 kilometres and they were saying that on the way to the South Pole because they had like 160 kilograms of gear yep. they had to leave caches of food for them to pick up on the way back so they yep. wouldn't have to carry all of that to the South Pole yeah. They had to accurately geolocate those caches so that on the way back, and they said their very lives depended on the accuracy of the GPS, so they had to leave those caches where they could be found. So they were a perfect example of how these technology can be used. You know, aside from the Garmin, the technology... They're pretty smart blokes because I don't think I would have thought of the idea of dropping off half the food <laughs> dropping on the it way. Off. I would have gone all the way to the South Pole and gone, oh, we've got to lug all this back. We uh, could yeah. have dropped it off on the way. Well, I don't think there's anyone going to knock off the no. knock off the stuff on the way back. It's pretty remote. So that, that, that's the Garmin Connect Challenge. And you can check out those videos over the coming months at garmin.com.au. But then at the end of the night, um, they, they did a worldwide launch for a new product. And they've got a lot of watches. I've, I've got one. The, they've got the Forerunner watches. They've got all these watches that do specific They've got golf things. watches too. Swim about, watch last we week. Yeah, yeah. The, the swim last week. That's right. The, the, the Approach, which is the golf. They've got the, the the forerunner, which is for training. They've got triathlon, all this kind of stuff. Yep. They launched this thing last night called the Phoenix, which we should debate the name. The name really. is actually it's F E N I X, which I pronounce Phoenix. Oh, I, I thought I this think, is built for me. Let's be clear, it's the Garmin Phoenix. <laughs> it's the Garmin and Phoenix. And I think essentially they didn't want to pay royalties <laughs> to you. So exactly. It's, it's, it's There's Phoenix. actually a shot of it on my wrist. Actually, on my story on Tech Guide, it's wrist. my. <laughs> Very hairy. Uh, it was wrist. Before, it's a very Maltese wrist. Before my waxing, that was. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it's uh, that's on my wrist there. But it's uh, it, it is this sort of, sort of product. They call it a, a ultimate outdoor watch, and what they called an ABC watch. And I thought, what the hell is an ABC yeah. watch? Well, ABC is short for altimeter, barometer, compass. So that you, uh, if you're in the outdoors, it's obviously got the GPS built yep. in to can take can know the temperature of your area. Uses GPS for even more accurate uh, representations of your elevation and and things like that. But, so but the difference yeah. here with this watch over all of their other watches is it's it is it's a GPS. Uh, it's it's like a navigator in that sense. That mm-hmm. and the example they gave I thought was perfect. You're in the you're in the Blue Mountains for the love of God. I don't know why you do this, but anyway, <laughs> you walk off the beaten track and you go hiking. You go into the middle of nowhere. Yep. And then fog rolls in. You could literally look at your watch and track back the, yeah, your steps. Great feature because it GPS tracks you. Now, yep. you know it has some three months worth of battery life as a watch. Yep. When it's in GPS mode, it has something like sixteen hours of life. Well, but it's that's got only uh, when it's doing one second yes. updates. You Otherwise, it's sixty that. hours, yeah, I think. 60 but um, hours is that, that's good. what they call in the game, Trevor. The geo caching and the geo the hiking terms. It's called dropping GPS breadcrumbs. They oh. call that so that oh. you can then track back. Because you're in the game. Just letting you know. Cause you, yeah. cause you no, they've inspired of, me. I think you do a lot of hiking. I spent a lot of time here behind the this desk here. The only inspiration you got from the Garmin <laughs> event was a potential for a golf game. That's it, yes. <laughs> and and uh, a shout out to our friends at Garmin. I think that's a great idea. Media Golf Day using Garmin products. Just, think, just putting it out there. I think a two blokes talking tech golf days all they Absolutely. need. Absolutely. Bring, bring on the right. Garmin boys. We'll smash them because we're right. going to play the game where, where we can. Where, your score's not That's mine. right, exactly. Garmin, uh, Garmin.com.au <laughs> is the place to find all that stuff. But more importantly, you can read all about the new Phoenix Phoenix watch techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick Now we all know uh, we all use our smartphones we were so attached to our smartphones Mm. and there is a, a new survey by Norton 
has revealed that Australians are a little bit worried about mobile cybercrime. Not only the fact that we may actually lose the device itself or it may be stolen, but also that our information can be compromised. We may, we may lose our data. Uh, so there's this fear out there that this, uh, this survey has revealed. Uh, they're saying that uh, 51% of Australians acknowledge that mobile threats are real hmm. uh, and they're, they're worried about them, whether, you know, they, whether their phone gets stolen or they, they may be because we use the, our smartphones to access the internet internet now they're thinking well that's kind of the next frontier for cyber criminals is to attack your mobile oh, phones absolutely. now so uh, this is an interesting study for normal what i found really interesting was the fact that their biggest worry if they had have lost their phone was losing their contacts don't worry about your banking yeah. don't worry about your identity <laughs> no, their contacts but their second worry was the fact that they have to actually pay to replace the device. So yeah. the cost of the device was less important, less concerned than their actual, the content on the device. That'd be like saying, my, <laughs> my first worry about burglary is losing the uh, the digital you Losing know, your photo movies. albums. <laughs> uh, I'm not worried about the $10,000 TV. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's it is funny. very weird. But it, it just shows, I, I guess it shows a little bit how uh, a disposable society we are. We're happy to we're happy to part with the devices, essentially. Yep. And there's been other studies that show that you know we hoard our devices. So essentially... We're happy to go back to another device, but we just don't want to lose the blooming uh, the well, contacts in it's them, the you know? information. Absolutely right. So uh, yeah, it's Norton, of course. The motivation behind this study is the fact that they've got a mobile security solution. Yeah. They've got a mobile security light, which is free on the Google Play Store. But if you want to pay the full freight, twenty nine ninety five, that gets you two years subscription to the fully featured mobile security suite, which offers things like data protection. You can even remote wipe and yeah, locate of your locate. device. So for for from complete peace of mind, that'll be the option to go. Yeah, and you know, I talk about this and, and de- declaration Norton responses of your tech life, but I talk about often the product they've got called Norton 360 everywhere, which yep. is five devices, any device. So you could pick four computers, Macs and PCs and one tablet or one smartphone, or you can have two Android mm-hmm. smartphones and one Android tablet and two computers. So it's a great product and that's what Norton do. They're trying to well, you know, it, find, find protection across all your it devices. It goes to show that when companies like Norton get involved, Trend Micro, all these big uh, internet yeah. security companies, they're making mobile products, then Obviously, that, that's that's the next, as we mentioned, that's the next place the next where your your information could be compromised. So uh, best because we're so we're connected, we're doing our banking, we're, we've got our information. Exactly. Best to stay protected. Always stay protected, and obviously this applies to Android uh, phones. There is no uh, such security yet for uh, Apple devices, but I'm sure maybe in the years to come that'll exist. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to Netgear, episode seventy two. <laughs> Good segue. We're talking about smartphones, and and I had this conversation, in fact, on this week's episode of Your Tech Life with uh, Cameron Craig from uh, Whistle Out, talking about phone plans and stuff, and just the idea that my honestly, and I know it's hard because it is, it's a there's a there's a financial barrier, but my advice is buy a phone, buy a phone outright, break free from contracts, and start with you know Red Bull, Amazim. Uh, live connected or live connected. There's all these even, different phones. Even the companies. operators themselves have SIM only plans. Yeah. Optus, Telstra have SIM only plans as well. Exactly. But the, when you do that, you're able to really have some financial um, flexibility each month to month. And the great thing about this is, and I was reading this on techguide.com.au, the LG have released a stack of really nice looking smartphones mm. that are amazingly affordable. Incredible, yeah. This is uh, LG uh, have released the L-series range. Pretty stylish-looking phones. There's mm. pictures of them on my store on Tech Guide there. And uh, the top-of-the-line model, the L7, like, it's got a 4.3-inch screen. It's got Android 4.0, 1 gigahertz processor, so no slouch in the specs department, no. is available for $269. So why would, you, why, do, why would you want to spend up to, you know, up, up to 2000 2500 on a contract for two years when this is upfront? Two sixty nine. It's three months of a contract paid, yeah. and uh, and you just put in your your own SIM card in. 
makes sense to me. But all, this follows uh, Huawei released their Huawei. Uh, Huawei. You are the first saying person that. in the world to pronounce that. I think so. I assume you're pronouncing it correctly. Actually. I am. Yes. I don't well, actually know. The Ascender How do you say Hyundai. <laughs> Hyundai. Is it Hyundai or yeah. Hyundai? No, Hyundai. I think it's Hyundai. All but day, anyway. every day Hyundai. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> two, blo- two blokes talking cars. <laughs> anyway, back <laughs> to the back to the back to the point here. We uh, the Ascend P1, which was first announced back in January yep. during CES. And I'm thinking, where the hell has this phone gone? And then yeah. it popped up late last week. I don't know whether it's that they couldn't make a deal with a carrier, or no, they decided to maybe just look. We're going to go it alone. They released, and that's a that's this is at the time, and I think it may still be the world's thinnest smartphone. It's seven point six nine millimeters thick. Oh, I think we I think we, we had a gone go had a hold of it at CES. It's, it is it's very small. So but the thing here is, but it's that, it's four nine nine. Is my point outright so, purchase? You know, if you want a great camera, if you want you know the the best resolution screens and all the, the there are some some pretty cool features in the software like the smart state stuff on the Galaxy. Three and other, you know, high-end Android phones. You're going to need to buy buy high-end. But if you just want to take the leap to to a smartphone where you can get internet, you can get email, yep. and you know, you, and can, apps. you can play around with yep. some apps. But you know, maybe not in a massive yep. number of apps. But you know, words with friends, Instagram, those Absolutely. things. Then these phones are perfect. And for two hundred and sixty bucks, mm. you're in the game. You've got yourself a smartphone. I'm, I'm thinking if you've got children and you know your kids are getting old enough now, they want their first phone. You don't want to spend nine hundred dollars on an iPhone or get a pl- expensive plan for your child. Like my daughter, we've mentioned on the program before, starting high school next year. The Fennec family tradition is you get your first mobile phone when you start high school. Young Haley yeah, will be getting hurt. No, not quite. Like but uh, they, they, <laughs> the, not quite. It's not quite a ceremony, <laughs> but uh, not not far off it. But um, yeah, a great, so a great uh, like option. The first day of school, but it's the first day of high school, so the kids no, cry because well, they get a phone. My daughter's expecting my old iPhone four S. But um, I mean, these are the, well, no, we we get a well. That's that's half the battle for for the for the you getting a first plan for your child is that. Having a prepaid device like the LG, like the, the Huawei, and all these other products that are on the market. That's then taken that cost out of the equation. Then you yeah. can come up with a like nineteen ninety a Maysims Elite plan. I think yeah. it's called nineteen ninety. That's probably what I'm going to put my daughter into because it's got plenty of credit. There's there's even a bit of data involved. So I think if you you break up the variables there, you might find yourself saving money in the long I'm, run. I'm relieved. I thought there for a minute they got their first phone on the first day of school, but they had to wait until no. the first 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 day. Some of, of her friends already have. First day, my, she's first in year day six. Year, first then, day of year eight to get an actual no, plan. No, no. So you get a phone for you, but no plan. <laughs> You're listening. Well, she, she doesn't have a job, mate. So you know, but a lot of her friends already have phones in year six, and she doesn't uh, she doesn't stop reminding me about that. And but. you're listening listening to uh, two by. Talking Family Affairs, uh, Two Blokes <laughs> Talking Tech, Episode 72. And if your home is anything like the Tech Guide headquarters where you've got so many devices sitting in the one room, let alone the whole house, you need Netgear products to keep you connected and keep the home connected. But you don't have to be like Stephen and I with devices coming in every every part of the house. <laughs> um, I've even got a Wi-Fi set of scales in the bathroom. That's how crazy it is in my house. But um, if, even if you've got two or three devices, the computer, a laptop, and a tablet, or a computer, a laptop, and don't forget your smartphones, the idea of Netgear products is to get them all connected and connected well. And with the latest and greatest Netgear products, you've got the Genie app, which allows you through your smartphone or your tablet to control, set up the device, and also even push uh, content from your devices to your TV or wherever it might be. These are the things that Netgear does, and they do it very well. And you can read more about Netgear products at netgear.com.au. Proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. 
Well, there's plenty of examples of apps that have been very popular on iOS, so yep. iPhone, iPad, uh, and the iPod, uh, and that have eventually made their way to the Android eventually platform. Eventually being now, operative word. Eventually, with, in this case, the Nike Plus running app, which I'm sure you use all the time, oh, Trevor. Oh, mate. I, uh, I struggle to decide of which of the fitness <laughs> devices to use on my hourly run. This is a favourite of mine. I've been using this for, for a number of years. This has been out on, on for Apple products since I think 2006 or seven. so it's Very been out a while. Apple endorsed in It a is, way. yeah. Well, it was quite, it was a partnership at the beginning and now Nike have decided to release the Nike Plus running app for Android finally. So for the Google Android operating system, the uh, so it will run on your smartphone and, and as for those who haven't heard of this app before, what it does, it measures your run and using GPS in your smartphone, it can also map your run, set your challenges, you can set even a motivational song, one press of a button and plays a motivating song during your run, and then when you get back, you can you can upload your your run and all your information up to the nikeplus.com website, and then even challenge your friends to beat your time. All my share it all on Facebook. Challenge me. <laughs> well, how many? I've seen a few in my feed that people that I've just completed a seven point four kilometer run. Kind of, you know, how do yeah. how do you like they, I, them I apples? Hide those people. <laughs> You've unfriended those, yeah, have you? Okay. Yeah. But anyway, Nike Plus running app. No excuses now for Android users. Get on those running shoes. Nike Plus running app available now, free from the Google Play Store. And you know that's another thing about those cheap smartphones is you, you can get a two hundred sixty nine dollar smartphone and from LG, run. and Absolutely. You, you can put this this app on there. So it is disappointing sometimes that it takes a while to get to Android. It does take a while. And how often though do we get asked, Trevor, why do you only talk about? iPhone yeah. and iPad. Well, hello. Gee, it's because sorry. that's they're the first platform these developers decide to create their apps for, and, and the then very, eventually, then it'll come to Android. The very that fact is changing is that there might be six times the number of Android phones as there are iPhones, but there are one one hundredth of the number of downloads on any app. You ask yeah. any developer, just the number of a apps. successful yep. app, even the yep. most successful apps are still not well, anywhere near look, as successful. Look at on Instagram. Android. Instagram was a runaway sensation on iPhone, and then once Android. Android, it was, it was a huge company. I think, did, did Facebook buy it before, just before uh, the Android app was, re- yeah, was no, released? Just after. Just after. There you go. Well, it, And then when it was released on Android, it went ballistic, but uh, that's but, a, just but a classic example. But still nowhere near the, the ratio of downloads no. to devices available. That's what I'm no. saying. Anyway, uh, Nike Plus, it's uh, available now, and you can read more about it at techguide.com.au. <laughs> Mate, I'm just amazed that you've actually got the internet running here at home. Because, um, <laughs> well, internet doomsday has come and gone. Well, it's gone. come and gone. So Monday was, was uh, doomsday. It was, it was real, this is a really interesting, and, it's, and, and to give you know, people a bit of a background into how our lives operate, you know, sometimes stories just bubble away, and then you get a call from a couple of radio stations, like, can we yep. talk about this? And you realise that the Herald or the Telly have written a story that's, you know, making it out to be much bigger than it really is. Not that, you know, people uh, who used to work at the Telly might have ever done <laughs> that, but, but the News Limited was the funniest <laughs> one for me because they actually had a picture of a mushroom cloud like a nuclear yes. explosion yes. saying internet doomsday is coming and what this was it was a it was a malware virus called uh, dns uh, changer and essentially a few years ago in the last two years it, this this virus might have infected you and what it would would have done to your computer is prevented it from accessing the internet or changed your dns settings and that, those settings are the most important things in your computer because when you type techguide.com.au and hit enter that means nothing to the internet until the DNS, the servers on the internet, says, oh, techguide.com.au is over there, and it points at a server and it tells it where to go. And the, the, idea, address, yep. the idea was was uh, this thing would redirect people or it would shut them off completely. And so what happened was they, they caught these blokes that did this, that, that, that created this They're thing. an Estonian they, crime ring, Estonian cyber criminals. They, they, they locked them up, but also the FBI found a way to fix it. 
at, at the server level and they actually set up a whole bunch of servers that would mean that this didn't affect people. And the FBI decided last week or a while ago that on Monday this week mm-hmm. they'd, they'd turn those servers off and therefore anyone still infected would have this problem. Now, now the ACMA, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, um, suggested there was 7,500, I'd say seven to 10,000 people yeah. in Australia. The number varies. We don't know exactly how many. No, yeah. no one really knows. It's yeah. a bit of guesswork. And so there was a bit of concern. Now, I, I said to a few media outlets, look, it's not that big a deal, okay? <laughs> 7,000 people out of 22 million, it's not that big a deal. But we talked about it everywhere. and We, <laughs> we did. And we I got plenty of air time. I read a story about it on Tech Guide, and it's one of the most read stories I've written in the yeah, last right. month. Um, a lot, um, like The headline says, How to Save Your Computer from Internet Doomsday. So it, it was, there was a link. There was a link there, though, for people to go to the McAfee website so they can check their computer and, mm. and fix up their settings yep. if that... That was the case. So come and gone. But what I've happened, not Trevor? Heard nothing anyone. has anything happened. Nothing. I've heard nothing from. Is anyone. it because everyone listened to our advice and exactly. cleaned themselves but up? That's, it's true. And this is a great comparison to Y two K. Everyone loves to say Y two K was nothing, but it was something. It was something very, yeah, very big. They were and a prepared. lot of geeks work behind the scenes to fix the computers. A lot of very rich it. geeks now. Correct. So what happened was over the last two years, because the FBI, you know, prevented mm-hmm. this thing, yep. everyone fixed their computers. So internet doomsday has come and gone. We would love to hear from you if you happen to have been affected because, yep. you know what? Um, oh, that's, I, that's a I haven't heard itself, of anyone. I haven't, I haven't heard of anyone. Well, they must have heeded our advice or had internet security. Now, uh, and that's obviously, point, if you it? didn't have internet security, you would have been affected. If you were already running internet security, good for you. You would have been safe. Mm. But there's still an alarming number of people who don't have internet security. Oh, I had someone say, you need oh, internet security. You're beating it up and you know, all this kind of stuff. And I, I wrote back and said, listen, because I, I was on SBS and they, they go, oh, you're beating it up to it. You know, people don't need to be worried. Well, hang on a minute. There's 7,500 people that do need to be worried. And they need Absolutely. to be told yep. you need internet security. Hello. Yes, How long hello. have you been saying it for? Yes. So get your computer up to date. And if it isn't already, keep it up to date. So doomsday is over. Anyway, techi.com.au has a full story on that. But if you uh, if you need to read that now, you probably can't get on the internet. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, our very good friend, uh, Russell and Kogan, who I think he listens to Two Blokes Talking oh, Tech each and every week. Absolutely. Uh, we often we often speak of his uh, his company. Doesn't he and you his... and say, is it available yet? Well, yes. But... It? <laughs> he, uh, he's offered a subject of, of our podcast, <laughs> and he's often coming up with a lot of uh, controversial and, and headline-grabbing moves. I think the latest being... Uh, his Internet Explorer tax. Now, I understand, Trevor, that the uh, Microsoft has has not taken really well to this action. Can it's you please explain? And, they, and there's no evidence here that Microsoft have actually done this, but it's pretty clear. But this, people say this could be a publicity stunt, but it seems pretty clear to me. If you go to Bing or Yahoo, which uses Bing, the search engine, and type Kogan.com, so essentially you know, you're asking it to show you the Kogan website in the results. There is no Kogan website listed in the results. There's there's things that clearly link to Kogan or yep. whatever, but the actual Kogan website is no longer one of the results in the Bing search. Wow. And his, his assertion he is must be devastated. that it's because he did this big publicity campaign around Internet Explorer 7 being yep. so crap and taxing people <laughs> on it. So he's essentially alleging that Microsoft are censoring the, the search results. Yep. I think, you know, there's a couple of things here. Um, I read a few of the comments on there, people saying, oh, you've modified your robots text file, which is a file that you, on your website you can actually tell which search engine can read your yep. website and stuff like that. But I had a look. He hasn't done that as best I can see. It does appear to me that he's legitimately been yeah, but- um, somehow excluded from the results. It's okay. a very interesting thing. And it also appears to me from the traffic I see on the comments and stuff, I think that Internet Explorer tax has been the best PR stunt because that's oh, yeah. what it is well, he's ever done because it's attracted global Can I just say attention. as well, can I just say that I reported on the Internet Explorer tax on techguide.com.au mm. 
that is the most click story in the history of Tech Guide, that story. Uh, so it, it, he did create a lot of controversy. A lot of people shared it. A lot of people agreed with it. Yep. But there are some people who disagreed with it. Some of my readers said, well, no, why should I? someone else tell me what browser I can use? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, I think mainly people supported him. But there were a few people yeah. who turned around. And, and I think Bing, uh, now good friends at Microsoft, appear allegedly <laughs> are alleged yes. to maybe be one of the people who disagreed. Uh, it's an interesting one. But anyway, it's, it's, it's just yet another one in the line of uh, interesting things that Rosalind Kogan's done to uh, to get more publicity for his company, and that's what and, he does. And he's got it. And he's very, very good at it. Him that's and it. Uh, him and Vuki. Uh, Vuki's doing a great this. job. Shout out to Vuki. He's oh, P- shout out. He's, the hardest he's, working he's PR man. Hardest working PR man uh, out there. Vuki Empire from Click, Click PR. Empire we building. thought we'd give him a plug. And uh, you can uh, you can ch- check out that at the Kogan blog at kogan.com.au. <laughs> There's a blog there, and he's written about the being excluded from being. <laughs> So I find this very interesting. We've got all these um, lawsuits going on between Samsung and Apple. It's still going on. It wasn't. A, it's kind of been solved a little bit here in Australia. But <laughs> excuse me, this was amazing this week in the UK. Um, Samsung's Galaxy tablet. So the Galaxy uh, Galaxy um, 10.1. Uh, I'm holding the the 7.7. I love that device. Um, the Samsung Galaxy tablet was was ruled not to be cool enough. To be confused with the Apple iPad. Was that a, was is, a that judge a, is that a legal a court, term? A judge in a court <laughs> has said that the Apple iPad is cool and therefore the, the Galaxy tablet is not cool, so you can't confuse the two. So can let me get this straight. A judge in a court of law yes. has said cool is a factor to decide a trademark, like a, a patent Could you imagine, lawsuit. Like a, it's lucky Apple are involved It's like, here, it's like the castle. It's the vibe. It's, the... It, it's very lucky <laughs> Apple aren't reactive like Kogan. Imagine Kogan being deemed that he was cool. You would never hear the end of it. So luckily Apple aren't the sort of people that will actually talk about it, you know, being cool. But um, but it's very interesting that a judge would even go anywhere close to saying do you think something they'll, like that. Do you think they'll might use his quote in their advertising? Maybe I don't think judge... they will. <laughs> I don't think they will. But it's there's a couple of issues here. One, is that a precedent? Does that mean that Apple products are now legally cool? And therefore, are they now not really cool? Because if a judge, yeah, an old fart, it could in a backfire. Wig, think you right? think yeah. sitting behind a in desk in robes, <laughs> if he says it's cool, maybe yeah. we should all sell up. It's like your dad saying something's cool, yeah, isn't it? It's like hang hang on a minute. Whoa. So it's very interesting. And, you know, so from a kiss a of death this could have been. This could be the kiss of death for Apple products. Oh, no. But just quickly while we're talking about Apple products, I had a lot of conversation this week and again, a lot of interview requests about the, the iPad mini. Yes. This, this is a rumor and, that won't go away. Well, it's actually, it's actually why I started using the 7.7 uh-huh. again because I really like the, the, the feel of the 7.7. Uh-huh. Um, when I use it at work, you know, just for my tasks and thing, I just think this is a great size device. I've, I've written before, I've said before that I, I do believe that Apple will come out with an iPad. Yeah, I agree. If I they think... can bring out a, a smaller iPad, uh, as good and as thin as the, the Galaxy 7.7, yeah. um, at under $300, is... th- there's basically no other market. I don't know I don't know what you think, but I think that the 7-inch or 7.7 around that the, around that size for tablets, I think could be the new sweet spot for tablets. Oh, so we saw so. last week, we spoke about the Nexus, the, the 7, the Samsung uh, 7.7, which you've got in your hand there. Um, you know, the... Does, is there enough space, do you think, between the iPhone, which, and let's assume that the new iPhone is it's going to be a size. four and a half inch, well, four very, inch. But very small increment. It'll be, an incre- it'll be a larger screen. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But is there enough space in between 
to fit yet another tablet. Now, I, I, I remember, I remember when the first time I got the playbook and, and these other 7.7. We, we yeah. Yes. And, and, and I remember showing it to my wife at the time. She goes, you know what? This is the sort of tablet that I would use yes. because I can hold it in one hand. I can fit it in my bag. It's a lot easier to carry around. Absolutely. And so, and, and as we can see from, uh, the, the, the amount of sales from the seven inch models, and there are a few, Toshiba have one as mm-hmm. well, Samsung, there are a number of companies that 7.7, the seven inch tablet size, uh, is uh, as I said, could be the sweet spot. Now, whether Apple follow up with that, mm. uh, well, you know, I, it, there's several things that I reckon that may not. That, that w- they need to sort out whether the apps will scale up to that size. Well, let me answer. That will they do straight it? Away. I'll tell you why. Why they will? You've got Retina apps now. Yes. On the iPad two and one, the resolution of that screen fits shrunken into seven. Uh-huh. Makes it may not make it Retina, but it will certainly make it a really high good, resolution. Good resolution. Okay. So there's no problem yep. with the apps if they yep. keep the. The dimensions the same, the the mm. aspect the same, and take the the resolution of the iPad one and two and put it into the seven inch form factor. So it will scale, but yeah, but the, yeah. The, the other problem is that there's apps for iPhone and there's apps for iPad. Yeah, and the iPad and apps will work. Would iPad then the work with the seven inch Absolutely, and because, also the ten point one inch? The resolution of the seven, inch, seven inch. The resolution of the seven inch would be identical to the iPad two. But it's only two inches difference. You think Apple will will, will like it's nine? Is it nine point seven the iPad? Yes. Now would they bother making a product that's only two inches smaller than the I, the think iPad? I, I think so. I think when you hold them side by side, you go, you know what? Yeah. It can be a lot lighter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, it won't drain as much battery. And if, if you believe the rumor mills, now the rumors of this have been circling for over a year now, and yeah. there's, there's companies saying that their rumors are saying that, oh, yeah, there's parts being shipped in. They've, they've bought in a whole heap of seven-inch yeah. ta- um, screens from these various screen manufacturers and – Look, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dumpster divers that they yeah. call them out there who are in the back of these factories looking at their, their inventories and, and, and the parts that are coming into the factories that are saying that a seven point or seven inch iPad mini, iPad nano, whatever yeah. they're going to call it, uh, will, they're saying that it'll be released before the end of the year. Yeah. I think, I think the October launch will be the iPhone 5 and the iPad mini. Anyway, that's just me. We'll have to wait and see. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. <laughs> And Stephen, it's time for your uh, techguide.com.au one-minute uh, wraps here. Now, the first device uh, I want to hear from you about is is actually quite nice. And I do think this is a very, very beautiful phone. It's the HTC One XL. Okay, yes. Start the clock. Tick, now, tick. the HTC One XL is almost identical to the One X, which we have discussed on the program before. The only difference being uh, the color on the outside. The One X is white. The One XL is gray. Uh, the One XL, though, is a 4G product, which is uh, through the Telstra network. Uh, now, it's, it's identical. Same 4.7-inch screen. Uh, it's only got a dual-core processor. It hasn't got the quad-core. I think it's got a dual-core because it has to fit in a 4G radio as well. Radio, yeah. But the speed, I, I found the speed almost to be identical to the uh, the One X. Uh, the performance, obviously, you're going to buy this product. You want to have 4G performance, and it, it flies on 4G networks. The downside of that, though, is it eats into your battery. It's, it's sort of a catch-22 situation, yeah. as I described in my review on Tech Guide, is the fact that the more you use 4G, the more you're going to burn through the battery. And also, you're going to use it as a Wi-Fi hotspot. That's also going to burn your battery. Without 4G, you can get through a whole day. With 4G, I suggest take your charger with you. Charger in the car, charger at work, that's the way you got to go. Now, the next product in the uh, techguide.com.au review is probably one. We talked about this when it, when it was uh, leaked or announced. 
It's a stunner. It's the Logitech Ultra Thin Keyboard. This is a very impressive product. Now, at first glance, uh, it is there's a, there's a full keyboard. There's a it's a five row keyboard with a space bar, uh, but it's also got it looks like a smart cover as well. There's a little attachment, mm-hmm. so it attaches to the iPad two and the new iPad, uh, just like a smart cover would. Now, what I like about it is that the underside of the keyboard is the exact same silver color mm-hmm. as the rear panel of the yeah. iPad. So it creates this shell around the iPad. IPad, so, creates a wireless Bluetooth connection. So what you can do, wirelessly connect your iPad. So you've got a full keyboard. Now, when you do want to use your iPad in this mode, you can actually unclip it from the magnetic attachment. And yep. then there's a specially, and that's also magnetized. The yep. slot is there's also slot. magnetized. So it sits in there, so on, it a sits in there yep. on a great angle. And you can type as if you've got a little mini laptop, yep. $99.95, the Logitech Ultra Thin Keyboard. Probably the best iPad keyboard accessory One of the on best. the market. Absolutely. A full story tomorrow on Tech Guide about that. Check it out at techguide.com.au. That's a wrap from techguide.com.au headquarters, episode 72. You can uh, hear my regular podcast, Your Tech Life, at yourtechlife.com. And on iTunes, you can hear Stephen's uh, Tech Guide podcast at uh, techguide.com.au and on iTunes. And, of course, keep listening and keep subscribing yep. to Two Blokes Talking Tech via iTunes, leave a comment, go to iTunes, yeah. leave a comment on any of our tell us, podcasts. Tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. If you don't like it, probably send us an email. If you do like it, leave a public comment on <laughs> iTunes. Eh? How's that? <laughs> Stephen, thanks for, uh, thanks for the chat, and we'll talk again next week. No worries. Thank you. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.